Hey everybody, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. Um, thanks to everybody who's been listening to the podcast lately, and I am, re- I'm, so I don't want to announce anything just yet, because I don't know what order stuff will come out in, because of what's going to happen, but I'm actually going to have a special guest on a Sunday episode, on a Sunday episode coming up soonish. So if you encounter a Sunday episode that's maybe closer to an hour than closer to 30 minutes or less, um, just don't be alarmed. That's a special guest episode. I just wanted to put that out there because I I, I flipped some switches to see what would happen and I got myself a guest. So um, I'm excited to have them on. And you guys will find out more about that when it comes out finally. But on that note, I want to talk about what we're going to talk about tonight, which is a big deal. And I'll tell you why. And that sh- and this show is Macross Plus.
Now, if you don't know what Macross is, and you're listening to this, and you're like, and you've heard the phrase Macross, and usually in the same phrase, and it's usually from, like, a, a old Taku my age, like, in their 30s and up, you hear, you hear some, some combination of the words Macross, Harmony Gold, and then there's, like, some sky fish shaking, like, and just fuck you, Harmony Gold happens. And if you listen, if you go back and you listen to my um, episode on Macross Frontier, you'll get um, probably the same thing I'm about to tell you, but basically Macross is one of the biggest anime franchises that has not been allowed to air I'm not going to say throughout the world, but primarily in America. And the reason for that is because for a long time, Harmony Gold has controlled the has controlled the license to such a degree that they just they wanted too much money and they wanted too many stipulations. So a combination of that and the unique problem of Macross as a piece of media from Japan and you just didn't get like there hasn't been a whole lot of things released to the wider world and if you're like what do you mean a piece of media from Japan what I mean is that Macross is like if Gundam Transformers and an idol show like let's say um I don't know um an idol show like a like just like a anime music idol show get fucked and produced the concept of Macross. So if you don't have any idea of Macross, it'll help when we get into Macross Plus here in a second. But basically, mankind is in a fight with an alien race called the Ventrati, and the Ventrati's one big weakness is... They say they call it decult. They call it culture, and um, and ultimately they call it deculture de- in the Macross um universe. But basically, that's they like project these massive, this massive pop idol, and the pop idol thing, which hypes up the the human troops and like freaks the Ventrati troops out, and you know. The humans win the day. But one of the things that was that one of the things that's most interesting about Macross is that they always have some kind of weird love angle to the whole thing. So um, there is, of course, famously a Macross movie called Do You Remember Love? There is um, a Macross movie that I have seen a bunch of times because it existed, it exists with an English dub and um, you can find it some, you can find, you can rent it on Amazon for like four bucks called Lovers Again. And if you've seen a Macross movie, you've probably seen Lovers Again, even if you don't remember it or even don't remember the title. If what I'm about to say rings a bell, you've seen Lovers Again. Um, it's about a shitty reporter who falls in love with an alien space idol, with an Entrati space idol, and, like, fights both sides, basically, to protect her. I feel like, oh, shit, congratulations, you've seen Lovers again. It was on um, Hulu for a while, so it's like, it was very accessible in a way that Macross usually isn't, for the reasons I mentioned previously. But... The thing that's super interesting about Macross Plus is it's this weird it's this weird thing that doesn't happen very often. In that and I I didn't know this until now, but so this is one of the Macross Plus is one of those things like the more you learn about it, the more like of a like sacred jewel it is realized to be. And this thing is co-directed by Shoji Kawamori, Shoji Kawamori, who is like the kind, the dude who created Macross. 
And I'm not talking about Robotech. You've heard the words Robotech or seen some Robotech. Robotech is basically mat- pieces of Macross chopped up um, Chatsui style and like thrown back together for a American audience. And it's like Shoji Kawamori is very upset that this exists because it was done without his permission and you pissed. But it was, so it's directed by Shoji Kawamori and it's actually co-directed, I believe. Um, Kinichiro Watanabe. And you're like, Kinichiro what? Wait, what? The Cowboy Bebop guy? Yes, that dude. And the music is done by Yoko Kano. Now there's at least one more big name involved in this, but we'll get to him in a second. Because the other thing that I didn't know until looking this up on IMDb is that the these OVAs and they're and one of the reasons why this came out kind of wholly compact is that they were they're three they're three OVAs or one big movie edition, which is just everything tightened up and put in like a one two hour movie. Um but one of the things you can feel dripping off of this, of a Macross Plus, and off of um, the series Macross 7, if you've seen any of it, is you can feel, like, the... You feel the, like some of the same qualities about the animation as you feel when you're watching Akira. And if, you, if you're if you an animation nerd and you've seen Akira, you know what I'm talking about. You know, like, oh, they didn't give a fuck how much this cost. They just went for it. But if you're not an animation nerd, what I mean there is, oftentimes when you're watching anime, if you notice, like, when someone talks, only their, only their mouth moves, or there's a lot, there's lots of still shots, or there's lots of shots where like the background is panning and the character, or the character is panning, and there's not a whole lot actually moving there. That's all um, clever, clever uses of low budget. Um, an infamous bad, an infamous bad version of this is the last, like, it's the last part of is some of the last. Se- sequences in Evangelion with just basically some color pencil portraits and some nightmares. Um, a infamous, a more recent version of this is um, the character Har- I think her name is Harame from Kill a Kill, and even though that's not very recent anymore, but she has this like paper cutout style, and that was straight up, like you can tell as somebody who's watched anime for long enough, that was all about the budget, baby. They're like, if we treat this one character like this, we can get away with not spending a whole lot of money on the scenes she's in. And the reason for this, like, crazy amount of animation budget, there's a, so to give you a kind of, give you a kind of audio explanation of a visual for how much you can feel the budget of Macross Plus. There's a scene in Macross Plus where you have, and, and everything about these freaking characters is animated in this scene, too, in this cut too, and it's a brilliant cut where you see Isamu Dyson, the, um, the, the one of three main characters in this OVA, um, riding with, um, Riding with, um, I forget her name. Um, you see him riding with, um, you see him riding with this, like, girl who's a love interest, who, who, who's like, who's like introduced as like a, like a office romance fling character on his motorcycle through the highways of Eden, which is this this show's version of space Earth, of Earth, rather. And he's riding down the highway through all this traffic, and they have this moment where they pass really close to a tanker truck, like an oil tanker, and you see 
the girl look at her and Isamu's reflections in the shiny tanker as they're moving through space. So to give you an idea, just about the only thing that's not probably not super moving in that scene is the tanker truck, shiny reflective like curved surface, but only after you like it there the tanker trucks and hits into the front of the scene. And that, I mean, like, if you're not familiar with the mechanics of animation, that's an insane amount of work. That's, like, weeks' worth of work for this one, like, very impressive scene that almost feels like it's in there to give you, the viewer, this idea of, like, this is what you're in for, motherfucker. This is this is goddamn episode one. But we got this budget for episode one. We got this budget for the rest of it, too. And when I say budget, what I mean is, is that Big West, which is the, um, which was, which still is, they are actually the reason that um, Macross is actually finally coming to America proper like it it's being released slowly in America because they did some they did some fucking business ninjutsu and Macross can finally start being released on home video and in streaming here legally without being shady or weird but Big West wanted Joji Kanemori to make more Macross and it, he just wasn't interested I would imagine at this point, probably because um, Harmony Gold was such a problem, is part of it. Like if I realized, like, oh shit, they chopped up my, they chopped up my baby, and they're showing it like to other people as if it, this is the thing when this is super not the thing. Um, I I would take issue with that and not make any more either, uh, or as well. But. Their, like, trade-off for Macross was, okay, dude, we know you're still an animation director. See this, see this check? See this blank check? You can just fucking have this. As long as you make more Macross. And Josie Calmoyer was like, excuse me? You don't want to do this. I got all the good phone numbers. We're going for it. And what he meant by going for it is that he was going to get, is that um, um, Sochiro Watanabe was going to co-direct, which he, if you've ever seen um, Carol on Tuesday, which I did an episode on, you can check it out in the feed and whatever you can listen to this right now. Um, but Carol on Tuesday is like, Sochiro Watanabe's love letter to music. So he probably like was like, wait, giant robots and pop music? Sign me up. Also, I gotta go make a call. You know who I'm calling. And that person was um, uh, what's her face? Um, god damn it. Um that per that person was the person who did the music for um Cowboy Bebop. Fuck, her name was just in my head. Um, but, so this is like, this is like the, this is two of the people who made Cowboy Bebop, like, a thing, plus the guy who is largely responsible for the creation of Macross, just all on the same team. And going for it. And what the result is, is really unlike anything Macross has had before or since. Because what they did was they didn't make a story about war. They made the story about trying to escape your past without being able to move past it because you still see those people in the future. And um, Yoko Kano, by the way. Yoko Kano is the person who did the music for Cowboy Bebop. I knew it would come back to me. I'm just 
I I spent a whole I spent a whole afternoon putting together a second 3D printer that is an FDM printer and I I'm I'm slightly I'm slightly tired. Um lots of tiny screws, lots of insanity, I promise. But what ended up happening is they would largely kind of like the there are there are transforming jet fighter plane robot humanoid macross robots in this but all that is a pretext for the story they want to tell and the the story they want to tell and the kinds of style they want to do it in and This thing looks great because of the unlimited budget and because of the limited number of OVAs they made, which is actually four, not three. I'm a dumbass. It looks as it, it has the same. This still looks fucking incredible as Akira does because it has. They're probably functioning. <laughs> In the same like realm of like animation godliness, they didn't they didn't have to tell their their animation staff like, hey, you can only take so so much time on each drawing. They could tell their animation staff like, no, you think that this should be like a flare moment of just like holy hell, go for it, fucking go for it, and if you if you. If you've never seen Akira and if you've never seen Macross Plus, you've been like, I know that like anime is done on a budget, but what does it look like when it's like the budget just doesn't matter? What does it look like when like just it's just mad money? Seriously, watch um these OVAs and watch Akira and you'll be like, fuck. This is did I how Jesus And so that's a huge reason that Macross Plus is such a thought after like product because it has the kind of visionary creative force plus unlimited money behind it that allows it to be like stunning and amazing and godly. And as for the story, you follow Isamu Dyson, who, and this is the last big name I will drop because this is this is this is one of my favorite facts that I have known for a long time about um, about Macross Plus is Isamu Dyson in this is actually played by Brian Cranston, and you and I I know you're like okay. I can buy that Shoji Kalamori, Tochiro Watanabe, and Yoko Kano all made all conspired to make a deeply expensive four-episode Macross series that was direct to video. But you mean to tell me that that Mr. Brian I am the Danger Cranston was involved in this? Yes. It's on his IMDb, I promise. I've stared at it. You can go look it up. He is the voice of, of Isamu Dyson in the English dub. He does a pretty great job. There are moments in it where you're like, oh, nope, that's, that's definitely Brian Cranston. That starts to sound what he sounds like now. But one of the, one of the things that lots of anime fans, lots of, especially lots of young anime fans, lots of fans of cartoons also, tend to lose track of is that voice actors are oftentimes actors, just actors, and their biggest talent is their voice. So give you an idea if you've ever seen Entourage, the character of Eric or E in Entourage is primarily a voice actor. He's been in Entourage was his huge break. Was in one other movie that was terrible? I can't remember if it was terrible because he was terrible, or the movie itself was terrible, or both, but he's primarily a voice actor. And lots of actors 
can start in voice acting and then go to real world acting because they prefer that. And in Brian Cranston's case, one of the first jobs he took was as a voice actor for Macross Plus. And like people, you you can totally find interviews where he's like, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> right after you tell the story about freaking seeing the Manson family on a golf outing. A wild thing to say, goddammit. Um, but, so yeah, the, the, Isama Dyson, the main character of the show, is voiced by Brian Cranston, which is wild. And, but also, like, you just, like, you're just shoveling more shit on the pile, you guys. So, the basic plot of this is that Isama Dyson is too much of a loose cannon to be out in the main war effort, which at this point has moved away from Eden and is a, it is kind of like it's possible to exist in the, in this version of Macross without the war ever touching you. If you, um, if you've seen Macross Frontier, imagine if the Zentradi giant bug ship never came down on the colony. Just imagine if that never happened. Ever. That, like, you kept... You vaguely knew that there was a war happening, but you never... You never interacted with it. Um, and then... Um, Isama Dyson is, like, reined in, and as a punishment, he is sent... To Eden to be a test pilot, which to him is like, this is not a punishment. I get to like fly the newest, hottest freaking transforming fighters. Let's goddamn go. I'm so into this. And as a result, he is put in the same test pilot program as a old friend of his. Gold Goa Bowman, who, like, is the creepy turtleneck fucking stalker, like, wannabe boyfriend, simp lord of this show. It is, he is, he is made to be so well-meaning, but so creepy, it's stunning. It is uncomfortable. And, like, Gold Bowman is, a totally different way than Isamu is. Gold is like he's really he he's really straight laced. He's really like restrained, and he's really focused on like doing his best, doing his earnest best. But you, when you encounter Gold, you realize that Isamu and Gold have history together. And that history involves the third, the kind of like third character of this show, a woman named, um, hold on, I'll make sure I get her name right, um, a woman named Miyun Fenglong, Fenglong, and Miyun, and if you eventually. One of the genius parts of this, actually, is that it never gives you the full story, but it gives you all the pieces and it lets you put it together yourself as a viewer. And you ultimately find out, actually, in that same scene that the, like, cool-ass motorcycle reflection scene, the conversation they're having is basically affirming that, like, Isamu, Dyson, Isamu and Dyson definitely know each other. And they were apparently in the same high school class together. And some, and you realize there was some sort of falling out between the two of them decades ago. At that point, you've, you've seen Meun, but you haven't like, you think you're following her for the kind of fourth character in this weird, like, love square. And that is, you think you're following her because she is the manager 
of an AI pop star, of like a Hasune Miku-esque pop star named Sharon Apple. And Sharon Apple, first off, the like music, the like one of the backing tracks for this show is a track called Idol, called Idol Talk, which you can go look up on um, YouTube if you just type in Sharon Apple Idol Talk. You'll get, I think, the concert scene. I don't know if you'll get just the straight track. I, when I found the straight track, I actually found it on Daily Motion of all places. I'm um, just by doing a flat internet search of Sharon Apple Idol Talk. But Sharon Apple as a pop star has a very Madonna-esque vibe. Um, if you go to a much more recent Macross series, um, probably one of the big staple Macross series, definitely one of the big staple Macross series. Um, Ma- Macross Frontier, Cheryl Nome has a similar, like, um, Madonna vibe to Sharon Apple, but Sharon Apple's Madonna is much more like a 1980, like late 80s, early 90s Madonna. Whereas um, Cheryl Nome is much more like late 90s to mid-aughts Madonna, if that makes any sense. In in the, like, Madonna-ness of it all. But, and because you have Yoko Kano doing all the music here, all the music, like, shines the brightest it can, and it's amazing. And so you think you're following me in because somehow you get the sense that Sharon Apple is connected to the, like, Macross training program. And ultimately, you find out that, like, um, the, like, Macross Corporation, the people who, who at one point produced idols to assist in the cultural, in, like, the cultural the cultural weapon part of the war effort created Sharon Apple as a, in in an attempt to develop like a digital version of it. But you also find out that Sharon Apple's programming is incomplete, that her emotional core, they just haven't finished it or can't finish it for whatever reason. And so Miyun is serving as Sharon's like, human emotional heart in and and Miyun's contribution of like a heart and of of being kind of like so if you've ever seen a um a Hasune Miku concert, what you're seeing basically is you're seeing a three D projection of a rigged animation animation model that is attached to via a mocap to a real person and like the music is being piped in and the music is sung by somebody else but there is actually like i forget it's like a girl you would never expect and she never wants you to know her name because she doesn't want to be mobbed um this japanese girl who is the human movement of Hasane Miku. And um, Miyun is essentially that for Sharon, for Sharon Apple. But the difference with Sharon Apple is she is uh, a really advanced AI and they have this like deeply ominous, deeply creepy, but like incredibly gorgeous scene where Miyun gets out of a limo at the concert hall, and they're, they're like, scheduled to do um, pre-concert checks, like, um, prep work for the concert. Um, and Miyun gets out, she stands next to it, and this is, the most ins- this is one of the most insane things. A supercomputer with a HAL 9000 eye floats out of the, gets out of the car and is wearing just the most fucking Oscar's red carpet bottom of a dress and it as it floats past people they're like 
Because that, like, big, weird fucking supercomputer box is Sharon Apple. And the, like, eye is, like, it's weird computer eyes. And, like, it's got this great, creepy, moody soundtrack. And it floats by. And you, like, you see people's reflection in the in the glossy varnish of this supercomputer shining. It's wild. It's another moment of like, oh, you thought we were done, motherfucker. No, we still going hard. Um, but so you find out um that Mune is not only Sharon's um not only Sharon's manager, but that's really the that's that's the lie that the Macross Corporation has set up so she can be Sharon's like heart and soul. But ultimately, you find out that Sharon has a second that's, and they do a great job of hinting at this in the concert scene. You find out that Sharon Apple has a second, basically it has two sides to her personality. One is like the idle talk, um, pop star vibe, which actually I have a little Nendroid Sharon Apple, that's that version. And the other is this version of Sharon who has this, like, long, usually pink or dark blue hair and is almost like this, like, vampire-like beauty of a character. And those two versions have feelings for the human men in Mune's life. And those two men are actually Gold Goa Bowman and Isamu Dyson. And Isamu, Gold, and Mune were friends back when they were in high school together. And then something terrible happened. You find out what later, but for the purposes of most of the story, you don't really need to know. And it's actually better if you don't know going into this, so I'm not going to spoil that part. But the whole show ends up being this interrogation of trying to move past the past without dealing with whatever happened in your past and what it looks like as what it looks like after you've run away from your problems and you're an adult now, but your problems are still there. And it, and having to deal with the consequences of that, of of like deep seated emotional problems where that started when you were a kid between you and another person about all kinds of things, and what it looks and what may I don't want to say this because I know it's not true, but. Um, there's also a real, and I, I'm not going to say what I was going to say, but, um, there's a real sense that Gold and Isamu were both, like, are both in love with Mune. But there's a real sense that Gold has spent his time in the military just kind of being an earned hard worker that doesn't get rewarded as much as as much as the military would normally reward someone like that. Like he works hard but never gets the results kind of thing. Whereas Isamu seems it was Isamu is very clearly making the point of and they say this in like the pretty much the beginning of the first episode. Um, the, uh, chief, um, Colonel Millard, who is the, like, the head of the, the head of the Macross testing facility that they're at, basically asked them, like, you know, you've, I've seen your records, you're a really good pilot, what the hell, why, and he's like, I don't want to get promoted, if I get promoted too high, I won't be able to fly, and, I viewed that answer to a lot of people's questions and interviews, actually. 
Um, because it's it's a not uncommon it's a not uncommon answer for pilots in the Air Force who love flying is like I don't want the promotion, I wanna fly. And if you have no idea of how the military, at least the American military, tends to work, is like the further you're promoted, the safer you'll be. So like you get promoted to like major you get a desk job where you get to like look over like new recruits, little dumb shit that they are. And, but you don't have to necessarily like go get in a trench with a rifle ever again if you don't want to. And the particularly for Air Force pilots, many of them love flying and they don't want to stop flying. So they, may turn down specific promotions because they want to stay in a plane. They want to keep their place in that plane. And in Isama's case, it's very clear that's what he's done. Whereas in Gold's case, you're left wondering why he's in the test pilot program and and why he's not... Because he is a good pilot, and why he's not piloting a transforming Macross fighter somewhere else. And you're led to believe that there's some kind of failure there that no one's talking about for the entire time. And in flashbacks, they show Isamu as being more or less the same kind of person he is now, where he's just kind of like an aged up shitbag, but they show Gold as being a much calmer, more gentler version of himself. But when you look at Gold, the character in the main, in like the present day of the story, he's like a very hard, stoic, focused individual. And part of that is because he is piloting, it's a test fighter that he's piloting is controlled by the mind, and that's a great way for the show to have a way to show the breakdown of Gold Goa Bowman once Isamu entered the picture. And, the, and then, once you have all three pieces on the board, it becomes this hairless love triangle plus the evil that is Sharon Apple and Gold and Isamu ultimately finally putting aside their differences because the woman they love is in trouble and but the whole time it's also this story about Gold realizing like I'm I might be the asshole. I might be the problem here. Like yes Isamu is the absolute piece of shit jerk but he he never does he never does the thing the thing that makes sure Isamu the way they make it go for Isamu is that like every time he makes some sort of advance like he makes his advance on the blonde on the blonde girl who's his co-worker it's Wanted and reciprocated. Whereas there's a scene with Miyun and Gold where they clearly sleep together. But it's a moment, but for, you understand that for Miyun, it's a moment of weakness. And it's a moment where she needed someone there for her. She needed someone, she needed to be close to someone in that way. But Gold, immediately the next day, is like, basically shoving it in Isamu's face the way, like, douchey guys do to each other. And Isamu doesn't want to fight for someone who he loves, but he doesn't do that. That's not his thing. He, he doesn't, he's not like a kiss-and-tell kind of person. If, and if he was going to he would probably ask if it was okay if he told people in the first place. Whereas Gold, for the entire show, feels like he's stalking Miyun. And, like, 
aggressively trying to like get in her pants constantly and it, it, it feels uncomfortable. It feels like somebody it feels like somebody who's desperate to fuck somebody else versus someone who has the ability to read all the social cues and like live in and live in a society and make the best of it. And I think they needed a mirror. I think in the story, they need a mirror to Isamu because Isamu is, he is the brash, hot-headed, you know, shonen action star. But he is the, but he's also just kind of a dick to people. But not no not in a way that is malicious, in a way that is more flippant. And people call him on it, and oftentimes, if he's a big enough dick to somebody, there's a consequence to that. And and sometimes there's consequences that, that he can and can't blow off. But there's no... The door swings both ways. Whereas the times you see... Um, gold fuck with Isamu it's because Isamu was like there's a scene in this where he, Isamu was ordered to save gold because gold spirals out of control because him and Isamu were competing in a way they shouldn't have and gold lost control of his machine and just like went into full on free fall Isamu like is freaking controlled falling next to him and just not saving and not saving and not saving and not saving him he gets the order and he's like, well, it was an order. Here we go. Saves him. At the moment, he was not even doing it out of compassion, doing it as an order. Doing a nice thing for, yes, a rival, but also an old friend as an order. Gold regains control of his machine and almost kills Isamu. Just almost murders him. Right there and then. And they they make sure that you know that he is he's not that he, while he's not a bad guy he's not the good guy he's not he's not the like he's not some gold is not a character you should want to emulate for a bunch of reasons and but that like earnest justice he carries with him is also a good trait. He just doesn't, he can't, he can't focus it properly. So it doesn't, it never feels right in the right moment. And the whole show is really a, it's a romance show first and foremost. As you see, um, if you see Lovers Again, Lovers Again is a rom it's like a romance movie. So and like I said, I wanted to talk about this because Big West made a bunch of business deals with um Harmony Gold and all this stuff and Macross is starting to be more available finally in America to American viewers. So you can actually go watch a lot of this stuff. I have um Macross Plus in my private collection. I actually replaced it, replaced my VHS tapes with a digital, with an all digital version a long time ago. But I had all of them on VHS tape. I had all of them on an old iTunes account that actually got canceled. It actually got um, destroyed because it converted itself to German somehow. Who knows? Um, But the Long and short of it is, if you haven't seen Macross Plus, I I would say just for the sheer amount of like, we don't oh we don't have a budget okay let's go, um, that's in it and also it if you've never seen Macross it's a good introduction to Macross because it is one of the more siloed off variations of Macross. I mean there's Really, there's, like, two. I think there's maybe two 
probably more like one, um, references to the Dentrati. The Dentrati don't care, don't really matter for the um, purposes of the of the story of this show. It also is it's an exceptional like melodrama and like almost soap opera esque melodrama with really great characters and a really interesting, super modern, super like sci-fi, cyberpunk setting and world. So um you can I'm trying to think about where you can find this now. I know you can watch the first episode on um on um Amazon Prime video, but I'm not sure where you can watch the rest of it. But um on that note, if you like this episode, you can subscribe and whatever you can listen to me right now. Um and new episodes come out every Thursday and Sunday. Thursday shows are like are like this is, meaning reviews and conversations about specific shows and movies. And Sunday shows are more metatextual. They're about fandom and like, you know, everything that that entails. So on that note, I've been Alex. You've been listening to Lunchbox Radio, and I will talk to you on Sunday. Keep.